Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. I'm Chris Maxwell, and uh, Tracy Reynolds and I are continuing our conversation with a writer, a pastor, a friend. Um, and Tracy, I love the way he brought uh, a variety of perspectives to us about leadership. And, and as Jim was telling us his story, um, we kind of moved toward at the end of last week in the conversation about grief and the loss of his wife. What were some of your thoughts, Tracy, as we were uh, listening to him tell his story? I love several things. Uh, authenticity, uh, simplicity. One is that uh, good teachers are able to take complex uh, reality and make it uh, very simple to understand. And Jim certainly has a, the capacity for that. The leadership uh, tips he put in towards, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go back now and listen to it because there are, towards the last five minutes, there's five great leadership, super simple tips on just how we manage and, and successfully lead people. So it's great to have you back on the podcast, Jim Thornburg. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, when we closed out, you were telling us you had just led up to what was probably the most painful part of your life thus far. And uh, we all remember where we were during COVID. We all remember when things shut down in March of 2020. Uh, and how life for us really, really changed. But go back and tell us a bit about uh, leading up to that time and, and this terribly painful experience where you lost your wife. Um, Barbara was seven years older uh, than I was, um, or I guess still am, I suppose. Uh, so she had retired, and her well, she wanted to go see her mom in California in February of 2020. So she did, and uh, she was going to be gone a month. And after a, close to a month, she said, extend it another month. I want to be with my mom. Her mom was 96 at that time. So I always knew any time she could spend with her mom was extra grace. So I changed the flight, of course. And a few weeks later, uh, there were no flights. Uh, she was caught in California, which was good because she could help her mom out. So Barbara was gone for four months in 2020, February to June. And she came back and... Life continued, and then um, she came home, and she said she wasn't feeling well, and we both got tested, and she had COVID, and I didn't. Uh, but uh, as husbands and wives like to share things, she gave it to me, and then I got it. <laughs> um, we thought we were over it, but it turns out that um, COVID has a, 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 the ability to cause clots starting in the lungs, and they told me she had COVID lung. Uh, she got, got up to go to the bathroom one morning and she couldn't feel the tile, the cold tile under her foot. So uh, we get to the emergency room and her uh, clot had cut off circulation on her right leg and they needed to do surgery. But it had also hit her heart because they could tell her heart was under stress. So we end up in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma where a vascular surgeon and a, um, a heart specialist can consult. And 
well, you have to do surgery. There really wasn't any choice, but her heart didn't survive, uh, couldn't take the stress, and she passed away on the operating table. Mm. So, uh, wow. actually, you know, and when I get to thinking about it rationally, I'm very glad that she uh, passed away so gently. She never knew it. Uh, she didn't linger in pain. Um, I lost my wife, but there's still so many points of gratitude, and that's one of them. Yeah. But the soul-crushing weight of that and the fact that that happened so quickly for you, on the other hand, uh, was a, had to be a bit of a different story. Yeah, you know... Um, Sorry about that. Yeah. You know, husbands and wives often pick up kind of a sixth sense with the Holy Spirit. And we agreed, so we would sense things at church or in people or situations. And in prayer, we just knew what we wanted to do. And, and God would guide us sometimes. We never got any inclination whatsoever from, from the Holy Spirit that this was her, uh, her last day. You know, we spent the last three weeks basically together in the house, which was a lot of fun, a little boring sometimes as you're coughing, uh, you know, putting together puzzles and playing Scrabble and napping and, and going for walks. But uh, no, we had no inclination. It wasn't until uh, I suppose when I came home from the emergency room and then I was getting ready and packed a little bag to go the hour and 45 minutes down to the hospital south of us in Tulsa that I, I didn't want to leave the house. I kind of went, hmm, Lord, uh, help me out with this. So the hour and a half drive was kind of a conversation with God in preparation for my spirit. Uh, and uh, got to the hospital, uh, got her phone to her. It was shut down, COVID, you know, shut down all the, wa uh, the waiting rooms and everything. So I spent five hours sitting in the parking garage in the RAV talking to God preparing myself and uh, listening and choosing to obey. Mm -hmm. What else do you feel comfortable um, telling us about as this, as this happened? Um, oh, how did you, I'll how tell did you anything. Find out, <laughs> how did you find out and how did you respond to that? How did I find out she passed away? Yes. Oh, um, I guess I knew it. Um, so as I was sitting in the, in the car uh, talking to the Lord what am I going to do, how am I going to respond the Lord uh, reminded me of a friend who had lost her sister and she got mad at God and after she calmed down the Lord said you know, you're mad because you don't have her but not ever once have you thanked me for the time you had with her and uh, that happened 40 years before, I was 19 when she told me that and the Lord said, um, you, will, you will choose, I want you to choose gratitude. I want you to choose joy as a response. It took me to Habakkuk chapter 3 where he says, you know, Lord, there's not going to be any figs or grapes or cattle. Yet I will rejoice in my sovereign Lord. And that was part of my conversation with God. They called me uh, on the phone and told me that um, she had... Uh, died on the operating table and they massaged her heart for 30 minutes and they brought her back and I said okay as I'm choking back tears um, is it going to be brain damage and they said we don't know uh, there's too many drugs in her system we'll call you in uh, in 15 minutes 
Um, I think it was about an hour later, and by that time, I already knew. And they wanted to meet with me. And as I walked down the hall and I looked up and I saw the doctor, I knew. And uh, the doctor said, as we get in that little room, they tell you, where they tell you the bad news, um, she passed away and they gave me the, the, you know, the reasons. And I said, I, I already know. And um, you're in shock, really. Um, you don't know what questions to ask. They asked me if I wanted to see your body, and I said no. I did not. Um, there was a couple of young nurses there, uh, stayed, talked with me, uh, took some information. Uh, where do you want the body sent? What funeral home type of thing? You've got to be practical. And uh, so a nurse said, can I pray with you? And I said, oh, please pray with me. I'm a pastor, and I know what it means. And she said a little prayer, and I'm just kind of sitting there, and I, I, I was hemming and hawing because I knew what I needed next. And I looked at her and I said, can I ask you something? And she said, sure. And uh, I was embarrassed. Um, and I just looked at her and I said, can I have a hug? Mm -hmm. Wow. And she hugged me. And um, that's when I think the beginning of the, the sobbing finally had a chance uh, to come out. And um, just that human contact, my spirit knew after spending this much time alone all day long that uh, I wasn't going to handle that well. And I, and I didn't. I mean, I think I handled it perfectly. I cried. I needed to cry. And um, then I started making the phone calls. The kids, her sister, uh, best friends, and telling them. And um, finally getting to the hotel that my doctor had uh, got for me. Didn't know I needed it, but I finally, about midnight, I, I lied down after taking a shower and not eating and just wandering. I, I walked in circles in the hotel room. I didn't know what to do. So I finally lied down. I rolled over and I said, you know, Lord, I'm done. I'm good. Thank you. I've had, I've had a good life. Um, you want to take me tonight? No problem. Have no problem. Mm -hmm. I'm finished. And, uh, and then I woke up four hours later and... <laughs> You know what? I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed I was alive. And I, and I, I kind of lied there a minute. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm still breathing. So you're not finished with me yet. Okay. I choose to live. And I drove home and was with my church the next Sunday morning. Jim, you've used several times a word that I think is so important to dealing with grief and really most of anything in life and uh, it flows from your tongue so so quickly that I, I know it's a part of who you are you have said several times that you chose this you made this choice or that choice meaning there were other options available to you that you were cognizant of sure. there were other things so tell us a bit about uh, how making those kind of choices in those kinds of painful, uh, debilitating kind of times. Maybe you had premeditatedly made some of those choices, but talk a bit about that because that's not an accidental word you use. Um, yeah. So we, we talked last week and I said that uh, I've been a disciple since I was 12. I, I came to know the Lord and I was full in. Um, you know, free will is one of the most 
beautiful gifts God gives us, and in that free will is always a choice. Um, we choose to marry uh, a certain person. We choose to stay faithful or not. Uh, we choose to go to church or not. We choose to tithe or not. Um, God gives us choices, and He tells us these are the good things that'll happen, and these are the bad things that'll happen. You know, you know. I just, I just finished Deuteronomy. I get it. Um, a pastor of mine uh, who actually married us, so we had uh, we had breakfast about uh, four months after Barbara passed, and I said, "How am I doing?" I said, "Not because I produced a book." I said, "How am I doing?" And he, and he looked at me and said, you're doing so well. I said, thank you, because I can't judge it. Uh, he mm-hmm. said that he was just surprised at how well I was handling it. And I said, and, and then I, I, I took gratitude and joy in the Lord as my direction after Barbara passed. And I looked at him and I said, Keith, I said, I'm a disciple. I don't have choices. There is no plan B. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked at me surprised and I I just, I just think it's obvious. Um, this is what Scripture says. I asked the Lord to be my Savior and invited to me, Him to be my Lord and just search me and see if there's anything in my heart to lead me back into His way of understanding Psalm 139. Um, it's a choice of obedience or not. There isn't an in-between. It's not a gray area. God gives us Himself and says, here's the pie. Christians want to cut up pieces of the pie and enjoy just a piece. But God says, no, it's all the pie or none of the pie. No pieces of the pie. And my choice is to, is to obey what God has given to me. And um, I'm so grateful that my life is so blessed. Um, and people say, oh, you lost your wife. I said, yeah. But I haven't lost a limb in an accident. I still have uh, my both my eyes. I have never uh, had cancer. Uh, I've never been through a war. I've never been homeless. Uh, I am overly blessed. I'm sometimes embarrassed by how blessed my life has been. Um, how would I not choose to rejoice in, you know, God my Savior? It seems like such a natural response. Well, Jim, this is... Um just uh, as listening to your story again, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I'm, I'm thankful mm-hmm. for your willingness to be honest with us and be honest to the people around you, uh, but also to pursue healing in healthy ways, to talk to the right people uh, and, and to pursue help. Um, but it, it, you and I talked about it as you were writing the book. and You had to relive it. You had to go through this again as you're writing it. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that, how uh, remembering, uh, just hitting rewind and going back through it again uh, was difficult, but also, in my opinion, therapeutic for you uh, as you were writing. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine said, yeah, I, I, you need to write another book. And I said, I've got a, a couple of books in me, but I want to write about Barbara. Um, and he said, anything I can do to help. And so I took out a pad of paper at work because I'm a co-vocational. I work in a lumber yard too. And I began the first part of the book 40 days ago. You know, I lost my wife and best friend, and that's how I started it. And then with your encouragement, Chris, and the encouragement of another writer, I kept writing. And another part of my gratitude is that I wrote as soon after her death as I did because all the stories were crystal clear. 
Um, the conversations were clear. The feelings were clear. The emotions were clear. Uh, raw, open-nerved, uh, raw, um, but clear. And I sometimes I will go back and look at the book to get a quote right because I don't remember it the same way after uh, two and a half years, you know. Um, so there was that ability to put that down. Uh, part of the therapy came in that I knew my story was going to help somebody else. Um, you've heard it a thousand times. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I knew that my story was going to help others who have, because we're in the midst of, you know, this, a lot of death. And so this was just my little perspective, my 86 page contribution to the body of Christ. And it, it was, um, healing for me to know that others could be healed uh, from my own story, from my uh, conversation. Um, shortly after Barbara passed away, a retired uh, school teacher came to Woods Lumber where I work and um, he had lost a daughter a few years earlier to cancer. He said, Jim, I just want to share one thing with you. I know I can't really help. Um, he said, but um, the good news is you only live the worst day of your life once. Hmm. And um, that makes me tear up now. I think I teared up then. Um, so the gift of having lost Barbara is nothing scares me. <laughs> hmm, right. I've, already, I've already lived the worst day. Uh, there aren't any more. Uh, there'll be bad days, but there won't be the worst day. I lived it and God is good. And I, and I choose to thank him for still using me. Um, I tell my church, if you're still breathing, God's not finished with you yet. Uh, mm. You'll know when you're done. <laughs> and I'm not done. So it's a joy to still be able to contribute uh, to his kingdom in my simple, small little way. Jim, if there were just a couple of things that you would say to someone who is dealing with the deep loss right now, just a couple of, of just things to hate. I would just encourage you to fill in the blank. What would be some of the things you would say? The two things that kept me sane uh, was gratitude and talking to somebody else. Um, I had to stay grateful with God. I had to believe if he was sovereign over my past, he was just as loving and sovereign over my future that did not include Barbara. Mm -hmm. So I had to get my theology straight. So gratitude was part of knowing he would never leave me, and he hasn't. About a week or two after Barbara passed away, a friend said, would you like to talk to somebody? And uh, I'm a guy, so my initial response was, no, I'm okay. <laughs> Guys are so dumb. So, <laughs> oh, come on, we are. So uh, yep. I right. thought, no, I'm okay. And she says, well, um, there's this lady, Julia Valentine. I mentioned her in the book. And Julia had lost her husband to a plane crash about two years earlier. And I had never met Julia. And as soon as I said, no, I'm okay, the Holy Spirit said, Jim, this is really a good idea. Say yes. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I need to talk to somebody. So we arranged to talk to Julia, and she gave me two hours of her time on the phone. And I cried through an hour and 59 and a half minutes of it. <laughs> and um, there was a need to be able to meet with others who had 
been through what I'd been through. A lot of times when someone loses a spouse, we have a, we have a certain language. And the language we tell people is, um, I understand there are no words. And as soon as somebody understands that I understand there are no words and I hug them, we've said everything that needs to be said in that moment. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised at some of my reactions. Um, her birthday that I lived through, the first birthday, didn't bother me as much as Mother's Day. And I called Julia crying. I went, this one hit me harder than I thought it was. She said, oh, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, people who had been through it, that was holding my hand even across three states, was tremendous healing for me. So stay grateful and stay communicating with others who understand your story uh, because it's so similar to them. That's so good. Well, uh, as we end, uh, just tell the listeners how they can pick up a copy of your book and uh, find out more about you, and then we'll, we'll end this conversation. Jim, thank you so much. Well, my book, of course, is available at any bookstore, uh, online, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon. A lot of times people will get it that way. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me at uh, jimthornber.com which is my uh, uh, blog site. Uh, you can find me about anywhere. I'm easy to find. I'm pastor of Journey Church in Independence, Kansas. You can find me there. So, uh, yeah, Google Jim Thornber or James Thornber, and I pop up. I'm not, I'm not hiding from anybody. <laughs> well, we are so thankful Thank for you. this opportunity. Jim, we care for you, and I believe our audience uh, needed to hear your comments, and uh, Tracy and I, appreciate it so much we needed to hear your comments because there's a lot of a lot of difficult parts of our roads uh, that we travel on in leadership and in serving others um, but even as we're grieving uh, and having people that are walking with us through our journey we want to find ways to uh, let our next steps be our best steps Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.